0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontanel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield at the Nebraska Farm Bureau's annual convention. We're going to head down the road just a little bit and talk to Sam Hudson with Corn Belt Marketing. And I want to ask first, Sam, because you guys are a few states away. So did the snow that we had over the weekend finally reach you guys?
1: You know, we got a little bit of that, but not uh, nothing near what you guys had. I think the week prior we probably got hit a little bit harder than you did. And at this point it's just kind of a yucky, mucky mess, and like a lot of other areas in the Midwest, uh, for the most part, fall field work has come to a halt. I know there's some areas where guys have Parked equipment on the end of the field, but uh, I don't think it's going to see any activity anytime soon uh, with the weather we've got here. It looks like temperatures are supposed to maybe warm up a little bit in the middle of December, so I don't know if we'll be in store for a white Christmas or not. But like I said, uh, and this does play into next year as far as acreage with uh, so little of that being done, depending on what happens with price and and timing if we end up with a wet spring.
0: I was going to ask about that before we dive into the, the happenings of yesterday into today's trade. You talk about that, and we still have a lot of crop that is out in the ground. I mean, in some areas it's only anywhere from 8 to 10 percent, but that still is a lot of of acres, both corn and beans, that are still sitting in there that can't be touched till it thaws out enough.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a fair amount um, when you add it all together and we start talking about you know, millions of, of bushels or acres or whatever, I think it's probably more meaningful historically to the soybean market when you look at average harvest progress. I mean, if you look at those averages, typically there's always something left out there somewhere this time of year. Um, but when you get to, you know, the soybean side of things, typically from a quality standpoint, there's not much left to be said of, of the crop. And in a normal year, uh, you know, 40, 50 million bushels worth of soybeans still out in the field might be a little more impactful for, to, for the market. But when you got 955 million bushels written down, at least today, um, as a carryout, there, there's enough of a buffer there that it really just becomes a non-event for the marketplace.
0: Well, speaking of what has not been a non-event, <laughs> we have had so much focus leading up to the G20 summit and now into day two trading post-G20 summit. The president has held so far to his word, hasn't given us a lot of indications as to what this trade discussion was like with China, but the markets are still continuing to react from the weekend news.
1: And they are, and we're getting a little bit, uh, you know, different uh, reactions in, fr- in the equity market, today compared to the ags. Um, we did see several reports, uh, you know, that... Business between the U.S. and China and negotiations could move very quickly. Um, then you also heard Trump uh, throw out that he's the tariff man today. And after that happened, um, just the uncertainty in general with the, the lack of confirmation probably triggered some some selling. You're going back, filling some gaps on the chart there uh, in the equity market. You wonder if you can't do the same thing uh, in some of these ag products as well. But I think the you know the main questions we want to have answered this week are: Are we going to get a second round of MFP payments? If China really is in here buying soybeans, if they've already done or done it or Plan to do so, how much is it going to be, and when will we learn of it? And uh, makes you wonder what the USDA report could say next week. Assuming the government is not shut down, um, we're not getting any crop production data, so the demand data is going to be kind of at the forefront in those reports. And, you know, it's just kind of like you said, waiting every minute by the minute, hour, day uh, of what we're going to learn next in this situation.
0: And and never, you know, we've kind of joked about this over the last uh, couple of weeks, but there's been such a close watch on social media and especially Twitter to get an idea as to where we're moving.
1: Yeah, everyone wants to kind of read into every little comment uh, that's posted or heard or retweeted or whatever you want to say. There, uh, at the end of the day, I think it does offer some long-term optimism in the sense that you know, both sides are willing to work together. But if we don't see any, uh, you know, large confirmed numbers as far as bean purchases are concerned, and more importantly, see the cash markets react specifically out of the Pacific Northwest, um, we have to question. You know, at what point is it just a way for China to fill their gaps, fill their needs between now and when South America's crops starts to come out? Uh,
0: Isn't there one point, though, you said um, that there was some talk out there and maybe it was just uh, the rumors that were floating, but that there had been some, some bean purchases, though not confirmation to it, but that China was looking back to let's get this ball rolling again?
1: Yeah, and, you know, we've seen several reports over the last couple of weeks of, uh, you know, so being sold to unknown destinations. It, given the size of them, typically that's something that, could, that would more normally be um, correlated with a Chinese purchase, but we have no confirmation of that. And, again, they've released no numbers out of Washington or, or any of uh, anyone reporting out of there as far as what the final number will be. So, again, it does offer some optimism that they're willing to work together. But, again, if we really don't see any progress on this intellectual property and industrial property in the next 90 days, we could go right back to where we were
0: Well, Sam, it makes me wonder if uh, um, post-National Day of Mourning tomorrow, will the president come out saying something on Thursday, or is there bigger fish for him to fry right now with with the budget and the, the looming federal government shutdown?
1: Well, I'd be willing to, to wager that we'll see some comments on it as far as official announcements. Uh, we may have to wait till the end of the week on that. And again, that they may also include, and uh, Secretary Perdue I think suggested this in some of his comments uh, earlier today uh, in this week that you know we would be learning about the second round of payments here this week. And it sounds like he, given his words, he suggested that they should go through. I personally would expect them that they would. And I think one factor we have to look at when you know tying it back to the market is what kind of impact could we see just from a hedge pressure standpoint if, if people know they're getting an additional 82 and a half cents you look at how far off the lows we are in this bean market could that start to chip away some of these cash inventories and you see some hedge pressure and maybe some weakness in the basis market to go along with it
0: and i'm sure these guys sitting on these crops would like to know which direction to go do they sell or hold on to it a little bit longer
1: you know, I think part of it, a uh, large part of that depends on how much was forward sold. You know, if a farmer didn't have anything forward contracted uh, and you look at the averages, if you get the whole $1.65, uh, depending on what basis market you're in, it, it's allowable, especially with uh, if you had good yields. You know, if you're, you're out here with 80 bushel yields and you get a dollar sixty five on top of where our prices are today... Uh, and your basis is not eaten up all of that, it can still work. Um, if you had even a third of the crop sold, older, up to half, then you look at the soybean side of the equation this year, it actually looks like a great year. And the challenge is gonna actually be in 2019. And that brings us a, to a whole new topic. And that is what do we start doing with next year's crops? And I think on rallies like this, there, there may be opportunities for crops out there, not to go out and sell you know, all, all of what you anticipate to produce in 2019, but go out there and look at some premium offer contracts, whether it's some OTC, contracts whether it's selling some options uh, and futures along with a cash sale uh, those are things that can offer you a decent price with what we know today and if, if it's quote-unquote wrong for doing so and markets continue to go higher then it'll provide even more opportunity in the future
0: good thing stick around folks we've got more of the Fontanel final bell coming up after this on the rural radio network Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sam Hudson joins us with Corn Belt Marketing. Went to break and and got thinking as we look to the south to the borders in South America. They've got some decent growing weather. They've had some issues with rains just like we do, you know, during the summer months. But we're about, what, five, six weeks away and we're going to start seeing that pressure. Considering the climate that we're in right now with trade with China and wanting to get our beans moved, how much heat is that putting on the U.S.? With those fresh beans getting ready to come out of the field.
1: Well, uh, uh, this. Plays back into this whole trade situation, where if we don't see this movement now and in a meaningful way, or at least get commitments over the next, you know, twelve to eighteen months about what China wants to purchase from us, um, then again, the, the, these purchases that they've noted uh, through this Band Aid deal that I'm kind of labeling it may just get, you know, be able to fill their gaps here because South American beans were becoming a little bit more scarce, a little bit more, a little bit harder to come by, just because of the timing of this. Uh, but if they can buy, you know, hundred million bushels or the U.S. soybeans right before this. Start, Harvest starts. It will allow them to slow play any further dealing with the U.S. if they wish to continue to kind of keep that a stalemate and not negotiate that intellectual property data. So, definitely something to be concerned about. Um, can we control it? No. And, and on top of that, the market already is aware of, of you know what their status is. As you mentioned, their weather has been very amicable for growing crops. If anything, they've had too much water in some areas, but largely that usually doesn't turn into a production problem, and that's a benefit that China has seen throughout this trade war. Where if you put them a severe drought it, it could have potentially fast-tracked a, a trade deal a little bit quicker than normal
0: well we've seen a slowdown as we stay looking at the foreign markets we've seen a slowdown in the exports um coming out of russia They're, russia and ukraine have got some serious issues going on amongst each other but looking at the shipments we've seen some resume in ukraine how much of all this going on with them affecting our wheat market
1: well, it hasn't a whole lot yet. I mean, we've seen some knee-jerk reactions along the way, but uh, obviously that market over the past 60 days is, is more or less struggled uh, outside of the last few trading sessions, and part of that's, you know, due to these, uh, you know, Chinese situations, I do think long term we're going to see a windfall from that. The question, though, is, is timing. If it doesn't come until after February first, one has to sit here and wonder if if it's even in time to impact us from, in a meaningful way. Because keep in mind, we start, we're still sitting on a huge domestic supply of U.S. wheat. Um, we were expecting a decent jump in acres. That probably isn't as high as what we would have thought because of Mother Nature. Um, but moving forward, I honestly, Susan, think a large part of this is also going to depend on the the value of the U.S. dollar. Uh, we saw significant weakness today before a decent recovery if we can keep that dollar from going in a new high and can see uh, a bigger correction in the buck as we go into the end of the year in the first quarter of 2019 i think that could be as big of a factor as anything um, because it's helped keep us uh, a little bit less competitive on the world market so if they start to slow down their sales uh, we could easily start to see more business and therefore a market reaction especially with a short position in chicago
0: sam let's jump over to the livestock side cattle futures Is there some additional buyer support, especially for this February contract creeping into the trade?
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, this cash trade, it looked a little more optimistic here towards Salem the last week. You got some cold weather moving in, which always provides a little bit of a talking point at the least. Um, Still a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that think, you know, the the opposite of the car is in their pressure and prices so that they can steal cash and then, you know, lift their hedges. And I I don't completely disagree with that, but you kind of have to roll with the ebb and flows in the market. And just as we've been seeing, uh, you know, in a heavy supply, heavy demand market, it typically boasts a range-bound action. And I think if you can get feeders, you know, at as an extreme on the low end, Inside uh, uh, 135, probably with a ceiling of 155, uh, and, and you know 160 may not be out of the realm possibility, but we need some help to get there. Uh, I think moving forward, that's just going to be our range, and you're going to have to, you know, time hedges as far as when those need to be pulled off when cash is moved, and and kind of play that game, and that's become you know more and more difficult here over the last few years.
0: Well, you talk about that cash, are we going to see it pick up, or is it going to wait till the 11th hour again on Friday?
1: I think as typical you'll see it uh, you'll see it go to the 11th hour. I think that's just what should be expected and and that's why in between sometimes it's just noise and you got to kind of shut that stuff out as it comes.
0: What about for the hogs? I mean, this whole talk and truce with China, could it create some good opportunity at least on the short term for our producers?
1: It, it could. Um, I think you like a lot of other things. You got to play the extremes. You know when things were way overbought. I think you got to use that as a hedging opportunity until we more know more in this thing. Keep in mind, you know the timing of this uh, African swine fever was interesting because it kind of took place after this whole trade war thing. You know started to happen, and you don't want to be too much of a conspiracy theorist, but some of you suggested that was self-inflicted to reduce the amount of soy protein without um, making their own people mad. And I'm not going to. You know, sit here and advertise that necessarily, but it is interesting the timing of all of it um, and would we see a big windfall for U.S. pork potentially. But I also think that eventually, long term, if we get this thing worked out with China, that U.S. beef could actually uh, maybe see a bigger impact there on a percent basis.
0: Tomorrow's a national day of mourning. The CME's livestock and grain is still going to trade. How is that going to set the tone for our markets while everything else around them is closed?
1: yeah and i would I would would be willing to wager tomorrow we 're probably not going to see a whole lot of um you know, Twitter rants, I guess if you want to from politicians be it Trump or anybody else because of that going on um, you know part of me thinks it's a little unfortunate that c m e is doing business like that, but that 's just a personal opinion. I think it'd be the first time in history uh during any state uh funeral that, that markets would be open new york's closed as you mentioned, so that should inherently you know slow down trade a little bit, but you never know what kind of headlines you 're going to see overnight uh, overseas as well.
0: What's the best way for folks to reach you, Sam? 1-800-655-3380
1: or go to www.cornbeltmarketing.com.
0: And that's the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.